The Big Play Reflog Show is brought to you by ShackNews.com. Shack News is the place to be for all your gaming needs with the latest news, guides, walkthroughs, and reviews, like their featured article reviewing Madden NFL 23, where you can use 99 overall Miles Garrett to help lead the Browns to a Super Bowl. And remember to check out their weekly Shack Chats, where the staff discuss topical events and games. And you can always join in on the conversation by using the Shack News Cortex. So if you're a gamer, Shack News is the site for you. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at the handle at News and at CheckNews.com. It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play Reflog Show! Okay, do you need medical attention? Yeah. What, what is wrong? Welcome to the Big Play Reflog Show. I'm your host, Big Play Dave, alongside my two favorite people, Chris McNeil and Nick Padone. Chris, school is back. How are you, sir? How was your rainy weekend in Cleveland? I promise it's not always like that. Yeah, no doubt. You kicked the kids out this morning, first day of school for the boys. So they are back and out of the hair. But uh, as you mentioned, the weekend... Went to that Guardians game on Saturday. Cleveland Guardians, you need to start updating folks on what's going on during rain delays. There was a three-hour rain delay during that thing. It started before it started raining, and they pulled the tarp out, and they didn't let anybody at the stadium know what was going on. They had fireworks afterwards. You got all these families. You have school starting up this week, so everybody was getting their last you know, hurrah for the summer. So it was packed, well-attended. And nobody knew what was going on. You got to be better. I love how angry you still are about that. By the it way, ha- and then it happened to me the very next day. It happened to me on Sunday, and I like Saturday night, Chris. I was laying in my bed. I was listening to those fireworks going off at twelve thirty. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you, I was there. You, I was not there. Wow. I, we left. We left. I I've never been to a game before where I went. I bought tickets a week before hauled my butt and my family all the way up there to the game, sat there for three hours, and never saw a single pitch of baseball. Wow. We left because we had a kiddo with us. We had to leave. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that's and then yeah. they had a free giveaway, Dave, of a blanket. Somebody uh-huh. stole our blankets. I'm still pleased <laughs> about that, too. So. Who, who steals a giveaway free item? Everyone gets one. Yeah. And then, and I was expecting out of everything this weekend, the Browns game to be the absolute S show, you know? 
And sure. it turns out the Guardians were. I mean, the, the Browns, for the most part, showed up there, rained a little bit up to kickoff. It cleared. All the, you know, the weather was fine. Um, you know, the game progressed about like we would have expected. I know we were going to get into it here, uh, but everything was good. So I don't know. The Guardians need to work on their their in-game updates and, and what they do for fans whenever there's a rain delay. I'll tell you that much. Dude, it's it's Elton John. I blame Elton John. Yeah. Blame the Rocket Man. I know. He screwed up our season. If this season goes off the rails now, Sir Elton John, you're on everybody's crap list. The drive, the fumble, the shots, the Elton John John concert. Unbelievable. All right, let's let's start the show. We're going to kick it off with Power Rank Monday. We haven't done that forever. Uh, then it is on to our featured interview of the week. Speaking of things we haven't done forever, the Ohio State Buckeyes. We have not talked yeah. any Buckeyes. It is sneaking up on us. Lori Schmidt joining from the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, and then we will get into what are we doing last here? Um, all the headlines. Cleveland headlines brought to you by TSE Cleveland. It has been a long time, by the way, since we have power ranked. What are we power ranked? That's a good one. Uh, let's let's amp us up. It's time for Power Rank Monday. All right, we are power ranking our favorite school subjects. Kids across Northeast Ohio heading back to school. Chris, I'm sure yours just went. If they haven't yet, mine went last Thursday. Favorite school subjects. Nick, you were the closest to school than me and Chris. Did you have it's a favorite so subject? It's so early for the kids to go back. What, what would be your guys' guess? I want to hear the guesses first. Uh, you strike me as... You strike me as a history buff. All right, Chris. Oh, gosh. I was going to say math, and then I was like, no, I don't think math. Major, you think of yourself as a journalist. Yeah. There you go. English. Yeah. No kidding. He fancies himself one of them guys who can talk well. (laughs) Yeah. Nick, I was an English major in college. I didn't know that. I was. Creative writing. Yes, creative writing major at Miami University. I did not know the only major that never had to take a test. There you go. A junior year, I was like, I need to get out of here or my parents are going to kill me. Please find me a major. And I don't like tests. Well, I wasted writing. my time at Miami by being a marketing major and an economics minor. Could have been taking creative writing. There, there you go. Yep. All right, Nick's going Journalism English. is easy. All right, yep. Chris, what, would, what would yours be? Favorite school subjects? Yeah. I, I go by classes, right? There was a class that I took in high school at Granville, which was an AV class. And that was great because all we did was screw around the whole time. We had like an assignment and it was like a semester assignment where you had to create a movie, which at that time, you know, you were carrying around this huge camcorder. Oh, yeah. The and then you'd have to edit and everything else. And um, so we just 
you know, would go around Granville and say we're filming. And sometimes we would, and sometimes we'd just mess around. So those are good times, Dave. So I'd say AV was my favorite. There you go. Yeah, I don't know what I would go with. Um, how about my, so my oldest just went to middle school. How about sixth grade health? Ooh. <laughs> Some heavy topics there. Oh, my gosh. I, I still remember when I was young. And my dad and his his best like college buddy were, you know, he was vi- up visiting, and I I was going in sixth grade, and we have to, we were taking a health test, and Chris, I kid you not, like our our health teacher sounded like the South Park teacher, uh, <laughs> Mister Mackey, and yes. so he he would be like, all right, we are going to label the penis, and we're just sixth graders, and we're just like, oh my god, tried not to laugh, like it was. It was pretty funny, and they would just get so mad at us. So I'll, I'll go health. Health is your favorite class? <laughs> no, I didn't really like school all that much. Um, my favorite class, not math. I don't think I. I think the highest math I ever took was pre-calculus. You I didn't even take, I didn't even take that. You bad at school, weren't you? Dave? I didn't even take that. How'd you get into Miami? You sound like more of an o- OU guy right now, like our guest Lori Schmidt. That was my safety school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, Chris. I I I had good grades. I think oh, I got a, like a twenty nine classes. That helped. It was easier to get into Miami back then. I couldn't get into college now. There's no <laughs> way. No one would accept competitive me. program of creative writing. I'd imagine there's people clawing over each other to get into that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really like any of them. I guess science. Was Did it, you remember the was science that on Western campus? Was that on Western no? campus? No. Yeah, dude. Havoghurst. I lived in Havoghurst. Oh, that was right next to Anderson Hall, where I was at. I think. Yeah. Great broccoli cheddar soup for yeah. for any of those Miami guys down there. All right, so we got English. We've got Chris. What'd you say? AV. AV. Yeah. How about uh, art? Art was always fun. Yeah, I, I, I did not. Science. I never liked art. You didn't I like would, art? Oh, I'm, that's I'm so bad at it. Around and I do something dumb and easy, and he'd like it because it was kind of creative or witty, and you really wouldn't have to put a whole lot of work in, and you could just kind of mess around the rest of the time. And I sat at a table with some cute girls, as I recall, in high school. So that was good times. There you go. Yeah. Oh, back to school. I'm glad. We're, I'm glad we don't go anymore. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's being, adult, being an adult is a lot easier, right, Dave? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, easy easy peasy, Chris. Right. Um all right, let's let's talk some actual sports. That's enough about school. Let's get into our featured interview of the week with Lori Schmidt, and we are gonna talk some Ohio State Buckeyes. Be back in one second. <laughs> Already on the line, the Labatt line, we have the assistant sports editor for the Columbus Dispatch and friend of the show, Lori Schmidt, rejoining the show. Lori, how the heck are you? I'm doing real well, guys. How are you? We're good. We're good. Did you have a favorite subject in school? Uh, ethics, because the professor would go out drinking with the students and then be too hungover to teach the next day. And so I thought the irony of that was just 
an incredible lesson. <laughs> and once again, for everybody in the audience who doesn't know, where did you go to school, Lori? I went to Ohio University because I didn't need a degree in bougie 101, so I didn't need to go to Miami. Well played. Well played. We oh, have no comeback. <laughs> Nothing at all. Lori, let's, yeah, that's right. Let's let's get into some Ohio State action because we we have been, you know, we have not covered this whatsoever thus far. It's creeping up on us very quickly. Uh, who who do you think is Ohio State's biggest competition for the Big Ten this year? Uh, I mean, it's got to be Michigan. Um, I really, you know, just based on what they did last year, and um, I don't know, they had a strange off season, and Harbaugh's kind of gotten into his old way of doing things, you know, speaking off the cuff, being sort of uh very Harbaugh. Yes, very Harbaugh. Very Harbaugh. Impulsive. <laughs> yeah. Sort of impulsive. So I'll be really eager to see what they do this year. But I mean, you kind of gotta give them the nod as the favorite to be the biggest competition on OSU's schedule based on what they did last year, if nothing else. But let's be honest, in the Big Ten, it's all about us beating ourselves potentially yeah. i don't see anybody really creeping up is there anything in camp that you've seen so far um that's surprised you how's how's cj stroud looked how's that running game you know we lose a back uh here last week how are we looking on the offensive side of the ball and then what do you see on defense offense is this kind of offense you've seen under ryan day they are strong. There is a little depth concern at running back after Evan Pryor went out with injury. In fact, they've got a linebacker, Chip Tatum, that they've been uh, trying a little bit at running back. Um, so there's there's a little depth concern there. But, I mean, when you have Travion Henderson and C.J. Stroud and you bring back some quality offensive linemen, Dewan Jones, Paris Johnson, both named to the AP all-American preseason teams today, as much as I hate preseason honors, they were named by the Associated Press to some preseason All-American squads, which is fairly impressive. So the offense and the leadership is back. The play calling is back. There's no reason to expect anything less than what you saw last year from the Buckeyes, which was quite impressive. Defensively, that's a big question mark. Now, we keep hearing from camp that the defense looks really good. And CJ's been impressed with the scheme enough that he says it's really testing him as a quarterback. So it's a little less simplified than what they were trying to do last year. Depth concerns in the back end there to the point where they had a kicker playing uh, defensive back. So that's always something that's got to make you nervous, especially when it's a defensive scheme that is as heavy on the secondary as Jim Knowles likes to run. Mm -hmm. But if they can be just a little better on defense than they were last year and accomplish yeah. the same things that they did on offense, this should be a very good Ohio State team. What do you think about for the opener? Obviously, we got Notre Dame coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, Going to be a big game on paper. We talked about the spread prior to this um, to the podcast here. It looks like it's what fourteen, Dave, something along those it lines. It keeps so, creeping up. I think up to sixteen now. So nationally, people are thinking this is really going to be Ohio State 
to uh, to lose, they're going to roll. What do you see with that Ohio State Notre Dame game for the opener? I just keep thinking how good of a coach that Luke Fickle ended up being and how lost he looked in his very first game at the helm. And I don't envy Marcus Freeman doing the same thing in an even bigger venue because it is Ohio State and Notre Dame. And you've got these clash of these great traditions. So, and then you've got the fact that they're uh, replacing their quarterback. I just, I can see why the odds are what they are right now. Also, I remember a couple years ago when Ohio State lost to Virginia Tech, how much that game was an impetus for them moving forward for <laughs> quite a while. And I see the same kind of motivation from them based on how last season ended defensively. So I think this is a hungry Ohio State team. I think Brian Day intentionally beat them up a little bit in camp. And so I can understand why on paper right now we're saying that this game might not be extraordinarily close. That'd be a lot of fun. Is there anybody on the schedule um, that you see that might kind of jump up, really give us give us a problem? Do you think Notre Dame could give us the most problem, or is there somebody in the Big Ten here? No, honestly, I, I agree with the statement you made earlier, Chris. It's about whether Ohio State beats itself this year, especially yeah. defensively. I, I really do think that OSU's greatest competition is OSU at this point. What do you make of these next couple of years here, Lori? Talking about around the Big Ten, it seems like the entire Pac-12 wants to jump ship. You know, we've heard UCLA. I think today we saw reports of Oregon. What do you make of how this uh, how this conference could look in the next couple of years? I think it would make sense to add a couple more West Coast teams. I mean, if you're USC, UCLA, you don't want to be stranded on this little island in the Big Ten where you have to travel all that much. Uh, so I, I think it would make sense to add a Stanford, um, maybe an Oregon. I can't see them sitting at the number that they're sitting at now. Uh, even Kevin Warren said that 20 is a possibility. So maybe just the big 10 times two or the, the big XX, I don't know what they would do, but, uh, you gotta rename I, it at that point, right? Like what, like <laughs> I, I have no, well, don't, don't. No, please do not put the Big Ten in charge of renaming anything. Do you not recall Legends and Leaders? Legends and Leaders. Come on, Legends, Leaders. That was just such a natural, right? That was a consulting firm kind of thing. That was (laughs) horrible. That, I mean, okay. That was an idea that should not have been let out of the box. Yeah, and it's, everybody lampooned it as soon as it came out. It didn't last yes. that long. How many seasons did we go with that? Was that two seasons before they I think changed? It was two. It was too many, was... that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think that fares though with some of those West Coast teams? You know, potentially heading towards the East Coast, heading towards you know Columbus, which you know it's just some colder weather games later on in mid-November. You know, used to playing out in California. How do you think that fares for them? And you also got to remember the time changes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's not easy, I would imagine, kicking off for what would then be 9 a.m. I I think it is going to be tough on them. I I do not envy the Olympic sports, especially. 
football, you've got to wonder if teams start traveling a few days ahead of competition now instead of just day before, day of. Uh, It's not going to be easy, and I will be interested to see how it works out. But, you know, in the NFL, they seem to make long travel work. So in the NHL, they have 82 games. They do a lot of traveling, so all over the place. So they can make it work. They, it'll be interesting to see whether they want to give up the pretense of them being student athletes in order to make it work, because this is going to be quite a time commitment that's required of them. I mean, they kind of have to at this point, right? I mean, you're talking about going to a game, you know, three, four, five days before it happens, and you're you're supposed to be a college, you know, student. I haven't we kind of gotten to that point? Just do creative writing, man. There we go. <laughs> or have a class with my ethics professor. But um, <laughs> the, the other thing is, there is now, unlike when we were in school, guys, um, remote learning. So I, I mean. We these guys sometimes aren't physically in class right now, so it'll be interesting to see if that enables some stuff. I mean, I just talked to Chim Dechekwa the other day, who was in the NFL and getting a business degree. So it, it is mm-hmm. possible to be an actual professional athlete and go to class. So, um, I mean, I guess I guess it is theoretically possible and. We actually had our news division look this up because we were interested in it. USC and UCLA are really good schools. And when the Big Ten said we only want to add schools with a certain academic profile, they kind of meant it. So I I know we can be cynical about it, but the Big Ten may deserve a little bit more of a benefit of a doubt than we're giving them. I do object, Lori. We did have remote learning. Back in our day, I remember distinctly having my roommate go to class, take notes while I slept in. And I think that's a form of remote learning. There you go. Yes. Okay. You pioneered it. That's right. That's right. We were the first ones to do that, I'm sure. Hey, switching uh, switching tracks a little bit. A big announcement today from Ohio State Hockey. Ohio State, Michigan, going to be playing a game outdoors at First Energy Stadium up there in Cleveland. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, Any background you have on on that particular game? I'm excited for it. I I know that in Columbus, there's been a hue and cry because they really want outdoor hockey. Yeah. uh, But they, they haven't had it at the shoe because of plumbing issues or something like that. So this I will give. Cleveland. We never have any problems with any of our fields up in Cleveland. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> There you go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this will give Columbus hockey fans a chance to demonstrate their interest in watching an outdoor game. So this is definitely something that the Buckeyes are going to promote and promote hard. And it is just going to be a cool venue between rivalry teams I think it's going to be really fun to watch. That brings us, you touched on it. I tell you, it would be so cool. I know locally a lot of guys have talked about this. If we were able to have a Blue Jackets game outside at the shoe, do you see that ever happening? Wow. Wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) It would be very cool. Uh, It's also going to be very costly, and the issue right now is that no one wants to put the bill. Okay. Ohio State's got money. 
the Blue Jackets got money, don't they? If they figure this out, get together, make it work. They'll sell a lot of tickets. 100,000 yeah. people. I mean, you fill that place up, I'm sure that's going to pay for it, right? One would well, think. The, the, the economics, you know, I, I was an econ minor at Miami, and it seems like the economics should work for something like that in Columbus. Chris, would you go out there and sit in the cold, though? I, for something like that, yeah. Yeah. Remember, now, Nick, you're asking the guy who held, held the parade up in Cleveland. That's fair. 0-16 when it was 16 below. So, yes, I do it for the novelty. I think no doubt about it. <laughs> Chris, there were people at that parade who were trying to take live videos, and their phone was freezing, yeah. literally freezing. <laughs> so I think you'll be all right. So I would love to see the Blue Jackets go outdoors, especially – if they continue to do what they've done in this offseason, Lori, can you talk a little bit about, about the Blue Jackets offseason? I mean, this team kind of has come out of nowhere to add some nice pieces and has got some folks excited about the season. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about an athlete in Ohio with first name Johnny, second name, name of sport uh, playing <laughs> playing here. That's, uh, that's never done Hockey. well for us yet. But uh, Johnny Hockey did sign with the Columbus Blue Jackets this offseason. And it's interesting how it kind of made the Blue Jackets take the plans that they had in place, which was this slow, steady progression toward a team that could be a Stanley Cup contender. And they're like, oh, well, the heck with that plan. I mean, we can sign Johnny. Uh, we're going to accelerate our our advancement toward being a team that can compete for the Cup. Yeah. And uh, they, had, they had to make some painful choices to do that. They parted with a very good player in Oliver Bjorkstrand because salary dump had to be made. But um, they really have sort of accelerated their growth as a team. If they can be a team that is, so you know what, they're kind of like Ohio State. They need good defense. And if they can get a little bit of that, they can be a team to contend with. Should be a fun season. Kind of came out of nowhere. Did, did you get any insight on... I, I heard some rumors about the reasons he chose Columbus, but what ultimately landed Johnny Hockey in Columbus, Ohio? Uh, his family situation. Uh, he wanted to be closer to home, and he's an East Coast guy. And it was just a, a situation where he combined that, which was his primary interest, you know, I want to play close to home, and then look at the teams with salary available and their roster situation, and where do I fit best? among that constellation of teams and Columbus was the team that won out. Interesting. Interesting. Well, Lori, any, any parting thoughts now on the Buckeyes or anything Columbus? I, I love having somebody from Columbus on. We're so used to having Cleveland, of course, 90% of the time. So whenever I get somebody like a Lori Schmidt on, I always have to ask and see if there's anything Columbus centric you can add to the convo. Uh, I, I'm very eager to see, you know, I, I've watched some of these young to give you a little Cleveland flavor from Columbus. Some of the guardians this year have been really impressive and I am ah. eager to see their continued growth, uh, when they're not playing in a field that's been torn up by Elton John. <laughs> I, I, I'm still though in mourning, Lori, Bobby Bradley, RIP. That guy was tearing it up. And he didn't die. I know. I know. All right, but you know, he was he, with the Clippers. He was so fantastic to go out there and watch, and just what he had put together. And it just, 
just tears me up. I really hope for a day where we can see, just from a story standpoint, Josh and Bo Naylor together. Ah, there you go. Yes. I think that would be just really cool. It would be electric, too. <laughs> and and I'll tell you, with, with the way the Guardians have built out the system, it is great to get out to Columbus Clippers games here in Columbus. That whole area. You got the Clippers, you got the crew. Any crew thoughts? We never talk crew. Any crew thoughts? Party Ooh, this. Crew all thoughts. full circle. I like it. There you all go. Full Columbus. circle. Well, you know, you Hernandez. there too. Yes. He's the real deal. Yeah. You know, I, with a caveat about sample size, Cucho Hernandez may be the best scorer that Columbus has ever had. Um, Brian McBride has the advantage of longevity and the track record right now, so I would give the benefit of the doubt to him. But Cucho has been amazing with eight goals in eight games. He is just, and to play with Lucas Zellerion the way that he is, it's been really impressive to watch. He's fast, he's exciting, he's personable. I guess he's Johnny Soccer. Um, he's so he's done jobs. really amazing things in Columbus. Uh, and he, he's been, he is fun to watch too. He's not just like a good player. He's also a good player who is fun to watch. It's always fun down there too. I love the atmosphere. I still don't understand everything that goes on. And I've been to several games and I've been to several crew games over the years and some at the stadium, but it's just such a fantastic atmosphere for anybody who's never been to a crew game. Yes, I would highly encourage it. All right. And learn the chants because that's fun. Yeah, the chants are crazy. I do have one more before we take it full circle. What about Ohio State hoops? I know it was, you know, such a weird season last year where they started off really hot and then maybe tapered a little bit at the end. What are expectations or should there be any expectations as we head into this season with the Buckeyes? Because that'll be starting up really soon as well. It seems like another year where Ohio State needs to get some good point guard play, and that's a little bit of a question mark going in. But if they can get that, they should be an impressive team. Uh, some of their young players, I, I they've looked really impressive. Now, I'm going with secondhand reports from uh, overseas play when they were playing Egypt and whatnot. So, uh, you know, we we obviously don't know what the final product will look like. But they need to be better. Boy, I feel like this is a refrain tonight. They need to be better defensively than they have been in the past. Um, And Chris Holman, he has done a good job of generally getting a team built over the course of a season. And the last two years, it's kind of gotten away from that. There's been like a lull in January and February that's really put the team behind the eight ball. But if he can do what he was doing before as a coach, which is to take a team and just get them to gradually improve over the course of the season without that big setback, you know, two thirds of the way through the year, um, then Ohio State Hoops fans should have something to be excited about come March. Well, I think we've covered it all. All of the it's Columbus. All around Columbus. Look at that. Very impressive. Uh, so for people who want more Lori Schmidt content for all of the Columbus area news, Lori, where's where's the best fi- place to, to find all your content? 
dispatch.com. Uh, we, I work with a great stable of uh, writers. They are so impressive. They are such a good group of reporters. My boss is the best boss that I have ever had, and that's saying something because I have had some very, very good bosses. Uh, so that's the best place. And I am also on Twitter, at Lori Schmidt, because I have been on Twitter so long I was able to get my actual name. <laughs> and verified now, by the way. Congratulations. I think that yes, was- I know. Don't don't be behind a microphone, apparently, is the secret. (laughs) Uh, Lori, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Love to have you back again sometime soon. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Lori. Thanks, Lori. All right, Lori Schmidt. Always good to have our checkup on Columbus. Yeah, right. we, we went all the way around. That was good. Yeah, we hit Clippers. We hit Crew, Ohio State Hoops. Good stuff. I, yeah, I forgot about Ohio State Hoops completely. So, Nick, I'm glad you uh, glad you brought that it up. Was, it, I mean, yeah. It's a big I was season. so in love with them, and then they, were, they, they just depressed the hell out of me there at the end. So yeah. I had to find out what was going on. That's fair. That's fair. All right, let's get into some Cleveland headlines. Go from Columbus headlines to Cleveland headlines. Let's do it. Nope, that's the wrong one. We are... I had to get rid of that Baker Mayfield intro. (laughs) Because... We finally have some clarity in Cleveland, Ohio. As everyone knows, Deshaun's getting 11 games, paying $5 million. He's going to go to counseling. I think that's already started. Um, Jacoby Brissett season. I know Josh Dobbs is the, uh, the, the person everyone's talking about, but Jacoby Brissett has not played whatsoever. What are, what are our expectations going into the year we had a com a rare Facebook comment, by the way, um, from Ben Stewart. What's going to be the Browns' record after eleven games? What are your expectations? I'm hopeful. <laughs> Co Browns, hopefully. <laughs> I think Dave. I, I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he'll be okay. I, I think we'll be yeah. okay. I, I really do. I think we could play 500, just over 500 ball. Six and five is what I'm looking at. I, I really think that that's, that's a possibility. Yeah, that would be nice. You set yourself up for a playoff run. You get Deshaun back. I just think we've got so much talent on this team now that we're going to be – I mean, the NFL is set up for you to go 500 anyway, and I think that we're above 500 yeah. with our talent, so we should be able yeah. to uh, – to kind of roll with that. And then once we improve the quarterback by bringing in Deshaun Watson and he, he enters the fold, I think then we'll really kind of take off, but we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a very uneven season. I think for the Cleveland Browns and anything is possible as always. And I think schedule wise, it's kind of an uneven um, schedule when you look at it, because if Chris, we were talking about this before the show, if we don't start off well, against the you know the first four weeks are pretty relatively easy if we don't start off well brown's twitter is going to be 
literally the worst place to be for an entire Brown season because five through 12, it gets brutal. Yeah, it's a, it's not a heavy schedule, not only Twitter, but also the in game. It'll be interesting to see. I think some people probably saw the guys selling the shirts outside the Deshaun Watson shirts and, the guy with a, his son and some posters inside Jeez. the stadium, you know, some stuff a bunch that makes, of idiots. You cringe, makes you cringe. Um, I tell you, being in the stadium, uh, first of all, it wasn't well attended, which it's preseason. And uh, what do you expect? But the people that were there were fairly divided. I'll say for a preseason game, you had a lot of people, of course, wearing Baker Mayfield jerseys and you're going to wear those because hell, that's the last jersey you, you bought. Uh, sure. But I think there are a lot of people trying to make a point by wearing them. And then you had some people very vocally uh, supporting Deshaun Watson and everything that he did. There was a guy behind us in the row, row with a couple of young kids saying, hey, if I had all kinds of money like that, I could do whatever I want to. Deshaun's fine. And it's just like, whoa. And it'll be interesting. Oh, man. It'll be interesting to see what happens when the stadium's full if this thing does go badly. And I'm hoping it doesn't. I'm not expecting it to, but if it does, the fan base is really divided, guys. And you could yeah. feel it when you're in there. At least I did. Now the, the sample size is small. It's one preseason game. And you know, your regulars probably aren't showing up for the preseason game. Right. You know, I, I was there, but you know, a lot of the folks around us were newer people who I hadn't seen before. So uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know. It's just something to watch out for. The, the things that you're seeing, the pictures of people with some of the cringy stuff around Deshaun Watson, that's not only outside the stadium. It's it's happening inside, and and it could could create some issues for us down the road. Jeez. And, oh, boy. And, and to that point, you know, we, we just mentioned Jacoby Brissett and what he's capable of. When the Browns got rid of Baker Mayfield for Deshaun Watson, we knew the suspension was coming. Right. They they willingly entered. They gave their admission ticket at the gate to the QB carousel. We've seen Joshua Dobbs look good for two preseason yep. games now. I was in a lot of games in the 2010s through 2015s of when that starting QB doesn't look good and you know he's not really your long-term solution. It's pretty easy to get some chance going for the backup quarterback. Oh yeah. Oh, don't start there. I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be people. If Jacoby doesn't play well, there are certainly going to be people that want to see Dobbs. Oh, absolutely. That'll be game one, baby. Dobbs bound. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and then like, God forbid the Jimmy G thing doesn't unfold by then. It's just going to be a whole nut. They opened up this can of worms and now it's going to be 11 long weeks. And when Deshaun gets on that field, he better play well. Oh man. Can you imagine week 12? We're in calling Houston. for Josh Dobbs. <laughs> oh, in Houston. Please don't. I can't take it. I can't take no. it. Too much. No. No. God, we've had some long off seasons. This is yeah. this is rough. And, and then this one also, guys, it has a little bit more to go. I know Chris was just talking a little bit about, you know, how talented this roster is. There's still some alarming holes. I mean, I was watching that preseason game from the dugout suite, waiting for them to fix up Elton John's turf. And uh, 
man, some of those defensive tackles were just getting blown five yards off the ball. The defensive yeah. line didn't look good. I know that they were backups, but guess what? They were going up against backups, and they didn't look too hot. And the receiver room, I, I think there will be another receiver added at some point. It's just too many question marks, and I can't see them going into the season with a question mark at quarterback and a question mark at receiver, especially after what we saw last year in the AFC with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, the Bengals. It, it's tough for me to buy that all right so we played philly uh 21 20 thank god we're not the uh preseason champs <laughs> we won't have those <laughs> shirts again um but nick some of the takeaways from that you're right where where's chase winovich where's Perion winfrey this guy was the talk of the town when we when we brought him on he he hasn't been anywhere yeah, I mean, he was the fourth round pick for a reason. And right now, yeah. you you heard Stefanski kind of sidestep it today at practice. Seems like he's it's all the makings of the guy that's in a doghouse. You know, he, he missed yes. the entire first quarter, didn't record a snap, and then was in there until damn near the end of the game. And when he was in there, he didn't look that well. And he kind of looked salty to have been in the game. So yeah. I don't know what's going on with Perion. Stefanski did say, too, that he was having some small injury things that he was trying to work through. So maybe it's just that. And maybe they're trying to be extra cautious with the level of competition that they're throwing a fourth round rookie against right away. I also think on that defensive line, the fact that Jordan Elliott didn't play at all shows that they really have a lot of trust in him as a starter going into this year. I did think yeah. Tommy Togiai looked good. As far as defensive end, that's going to be a fun one to watch because Alex Wright played really well. The the rookie out of UAB. I like him. Yeah, he looked great. And he's really young too, so they're obviously very big fans of that. And then Isaac Rochelle, like he's you know been yep. to the ball faster than he hit 100,000 followers on TikTok. So he's been all over the place, and I think they're going to have a really hard time, you know, parting ways with him too. I think he's going to make a, make an impact kind of like that, uh, that tack McKinley, tack McKinley role last year wow. could be Isaac Rochelle. So we'll see what happens, but they're going to have some difficult, difficult decisions to make as they get down from 85. They got it to 80 today and they got it to get it to 53 by the end of the month. Yeah. Who do, so who do you think the odd man out is on defensive end? <sighs> it's, it's probably a little too tough to call right now. I mean, I yeah, I, I, I know agree. Chase Winovich was always just a flyer. I know that, you know, we right. traded Matt, friend of show Mac Wilson for him, but yep. there's not much of a dead cap hit there. I, I no. think something could shake possibly though, where if they bring in a veteran defensive tackle, I know a lot of people think economically Sheldon Richardson, a return of, for, for him to Cleveland makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Maybe then that could just shake up everything. And then you're, maybe you're talking about losing, you know, two defensive linemen not just one because you bring in a where's Sheldon at I think free agency just hanging free agent yeah that's amazing wow. or getting ready to be I don't know if they cut him yet but you know how that goes yeah and we had the why everyone called JC Treader uh I thought Dunn actually looked pretty good yeah he the, did. the offensive yeah. line in general I thought looked really good that whole game agree yep there, there's a lot of good depth James Hudson going into year two has yep. actually looked really good after, you know, he was just absolutely decimated by Pittsburgh last year in the game that everybody wants to forget where Baker just forgot how to play the position. But uh yeah, they've they've really been impressive. There's what? gonna be an odd man out in that room too, between Dunn, Blake yeah. Hans. I mean, there's just there's a lot of guys in there. Speaking of odd men out, uh running back, what a- 
what do we do? What a great problem to have. Yeah. What I think on somebody's running. Back? I think somebody's getting traded, right? Like really, especially after you can't, the, you can't trade Kareem Hunt right now. I think after the Eagles got a chance to see those guys up close and personal that they might, you know, try to persist a little bit harder. I know their running back situation is really weird. They got Miles Sanders. If you've ever played fantasy, you know that he's not that good. You got, they got Boston Scott, who's a little bit faster, but also not yep. that good. So, yeah, Kareem could definitely be an RB1 there. But, I mean, they, they also got a really good look at Dearness Johnson. He's a guy that's a, like – not that much younger than Kareem Hunt. He's six months younger and yeah. makes a little bit less. So maybe somebody would just great. go after Dearness because you give up less because it's not as big of a name. He's only six months younger, so you're not getting a, a spry young guy. And, you know, you only have to give up a – call it a fourth, fifth-round pick. Interesting. Chris, if you had to get rid of one running back, who would it be? Hmm. I, I don't know what the contract situation. What is the contract situation for Dearness? They're both identical. Dearness is here on a one year, and Hunt is here on a one year. So pick your poison. Wow, wow. you got to pick one of them. Well, oh, six months. I, I tell you, I'd, I'd keep Hunt. I think I would keep Hunt. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Be happy. I think I think here's my, a problem in the locker room. Then I go the opposite way. Yeah, and there there's a little bit of chatter that he's just, you know, understandably he's not happy with the situation. So he's letting his voice be known just like he's seen, you know, smart, tough, accountable, right? They, they've had a myriad of guys, Baker, Odell, ton of players request out. So it's becoming a trend here under Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. Wow, you're putting it on Kevin. Wow, it's become a little bit of a trend. There's a lot of guys that want out of town. Yeah, but Kareem Hunt is what twenty seven. He this is his pay. last chance at a payday. He took the hometown. And discount he ain't gonna get it after his issues. Oh. No, he's not. But it's his last chance to make some money. I know, and I and I you know appreciate that for him, and I really I would really like, like to like see him get, get him, him get that. But the fact of the matter is. You know, a running back Kevin trying Stefanski to... sucks. No, no, he doesn't. But a running back trying to get his third contract just doesn't happen. You know, yeah, that, that... Le'Veon Bell, you start a yeah. uh, a rap album. Yeah, he's trying to fight Jake Paul. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like it just it doesn't happen. So it, it just bums me out to see in these last, you know, two years, how many talented players have just wanted to see the door. Oof. All right, let's talk about what we really came on the show to talk about. And, Chris, you were there up close. Cade York. Yes. Nailing the 50-yarder. He missed the longer one, and he still got the applause. Cleveland loves this kid. Justifiably so. How do you look in person? Caught the video there pregame of him easily making one from 61 out. That would have been good from, like, 71. So he looks good. A lot of people pointed out, well, it's easy to do when you don't have a hand in your face or, you know, the pressure. People love that. People love that. Oh, yeah. But I tell you what, man, this kid, he could be something special. And that's what we need. You know, we're going to have a lot of those games this year, I think, especially especially at the beginning of the season when the, when the schedule steps up, where it's going to come down to a field goal. We all know it's going to come down to Cade York plenty of times. And uh, it looks like he's got the goods to make that happen. And we haven't had that kind of confidence in a while. I think we haven't had expectations for a kicker in no. decades. It's been an afterthought in a lot of cases. Yeah. I know we yeah. drafted some, like Gonzalez, but 
it's been an afterthought at times. And this time, obviously, they put a priority on it. It looks like he's responding. And I'm excited about that. Heck, yeah. All right, so we've got Chicago. Um, Jacoby Brissett finally is going to play. Dress rehearsals. Stefanski didn't say how long he's going to play. Finally, some starters. How much do you want to see these guys play? I'd like to see Brissett play a little bit, throw a couple of balls, you know, get a seven of nine or something like that. Outside of him, I don't really care. I mean, I'd like to see Schwartz play again. It was nice to see him make a catch. Um, Outside of that, I mean, David Bell, kind of nice to see. I don't want to see him get hurt. He's got good hands. He dropped that one in the preseason game last week. But um, anyone out there that you really want to see in this dress rehearsal game, or do you want to just tape them all up, let Brissett play for a little bit and move on? Brissett, one drive. That's all I want. You think one drive, really? That's it. Because that means a couple of things. That means, number one, that drive went fairly well. And number (laughs) two, he's been doing enough in training camp that that's all we need to see is one drive. And that's what the coaches are thinking. So one drive, that's it. That would be ideal, Dave. I will say I really um, – listening to Kevin Stefanski today, he raved about these joint practices with the Eagles. Like a gigantic – too much, right? It was kind of weird. Yeah. I I mean, I think think there's some merit to that, though, just that the preseason games are so pointless because it is just all backups, you know, from start to finish, that at least in these joint practices – everybody's getting reps all the time. You know, the ones are getting reps against their ones and vice versa. So I do think there is a little bit of merit to that, but yeah, I mean, he raved about those joint practices and how much they meant. He's already trying to set up next year to go, to go to Philly. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, I'm with you guys. I think a little bit of the starters, not too much. I think there's certain guys that you just shelf, you know, Nick Chubb don't need to see him. Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, who has a hamstring right now. Don't need to see him. Um, yeah, you shelf those guys, but I would like to see Jacoby for a drive or two. And I, I would like to see a lot of the receivers, uh, mm-hmm. Sans Amari Cooper. There's a lot of question marks all up and down there. And I oh, think yeah. they're going to be watching some other preseason games too around the league, Philly included. I know Jalen Rager's out there on the trade block. Darius Slayton's out there on the trade block for, for New York. So I think there's definitely some other preseason games of intrigue for the Browns as they try to finalize this roster here in a couple weeks. One week closer. All right. Uh, the Gardos, any thoughts on our Gardos, Chris, outside of them not playing when you show up to a game? Yeah, that, that was really frustrating. And then go out and lay an egg after that. Uh, oh, I, I'm just excited for them to play again. They played tonight. They're going to be on the West yes. Coast. So not only do you have kind of that debacle at home, now you go out on the West Coast, so they're going to get forgotten about this week. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, we have this baseball team in town again. But I, I hope they can keep the momentum that they had prior to this series um, out there on the West Coast. I'm really looking for that because, you know, we're, we're in first place, boys. And we're coming to the end of August. Yeah. It's playoff runtime. Chris, and I'll tell you this, not to scoreboard watch too much. We're in the bottom of the eighth, Minnesota down 2-1 to the texas ranges there we go beautiful there you go there you go things are starting to come along and these are young guys producing for us continuing to produce for us yeah there's there's no way that we thought we would be here 
when we started this show yeah, no. in April. <laughs> they started the season from that point to now. They have called up 14 different players who made their MLB debuts. And they're in first place. They're the youngest team in baseball by a long shot in first place. And you've got people on Twitter saying they don't want Tito here anymore. That That's so bizarre. Get out of here. Those people are just... I don't, I don't get it. Like I get everybody's human, especially in baseball. There's so many damn games. He, he's hasn't been, I don't know. I, he has not cost them many games. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, he, he is loyal to some of the older pitchers, the Brian Shaw's of the world, but get over it. He's an incredible manager. Yep. Yep. He has figured this thing out and literally glued these guys together between Columbus and Akron in a year that a lot of people were just like, Oh, at least we got the Jose extension out of this year. And that was going to be our big takeaway, but no, we're in first place in a division race. Heck yeah. All right. Well, we'll see if we can hold on to first place, Chris. I think we're going to do a golf tournament September 8th. It's a Thursday. Can you make it? I think your mom's coming. It sounds like my mom is already in. She's already RSVP'd for it. So maybe I'll have to make an appearance for this. Did you say it was it was it a nine hole? Did I read that right? Or is this an eight? Yeah. So this is good. So this is the end of golf league. So we play every Thursday afternoon after work, play nine, have beers after. So this is going to be the end of that. So we're going to have a tournament, bring on a bunch more foursomes, and then winner takes all get some food um i forgot that i bid on ricky's food truck so we can have that come out <laughs> um, Did you win? i won yes i didn't mean to win i was just trying to bid it up but i accidentally won so we have a food truck for two <laughs> hours whatever we want i'll come out yes nick please do we uh so yeah we'll uh it'll be fun we'll get some free labats we'll get some free food and uh play nine Sounds like a good time. I'm going to have to see if my schedule will warrant it because that, that, that sounds like fun, Dave. Let's do it. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Play Reflog show. We will see you guys next Monday night, 9 p.m. Go Browns. Go Guards. Go Columbus Sports. The Cavs schedule came out. I was about to say go Cavs, but I think that's a little too early for that, right? Yeah, a little too early. Were there any highlights for you, Nick? No, I, I'm still upset. LeBron is LeBron signed that extension. I don't want to talk Cavs. And end the show, Dave. See ya. It's time. Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio. Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world the big play we fall